Welcome to the podcast that is designed to fuel your success in selling technology solutions. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, VP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and this is Next Level Biz Tech. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris, and we are on the marketing series this week. So today, I have the pleasure of being joined by a good friend, Chad Dixon, VP of Marketing at Tolaris. Chad, welcome on, my man. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for having me. So just a reminder for everybody before we kind of get kicking in here, this is part of a three-part series. So today, you're going to hear from Chad VP of Marketing at Tolaris, and we're going to talk about things Tolaris is doing, important things from a marketing perspective overall, products, all kinds of good stuff there. And episode two uh, in this series, you're going to hear from Vivial, where we talk with Aaron Nees about their products, their go-to-market, important things around marketing and tool sets and all that good stuff. And then in the third episode of the series, you're going to hear from one of our partners, Ben Medina, or Ben, sorry, Ben Robertson from Medina, who goes into and talks about uh, some of the core things as a partner that he's learned and gone to market with from a uh, tool set perspective. So that being said, Chad, I always, uh, I always like to kick this off with something fun and entertaining. Uh, And I think when you, when you listen to people's backgrounds of how they got into this space, um, we have, we have talked to parking lot attendants. We have talked (laughs) to door to door salesmen. We have talked to you name it. Uh, I'm an ex-car mechanic, so I always love hearing about anybody's backgrounds of, of how you got into this space. We know you're VP of Marketing at Tolaris now. Where did you start? What have you done before? How did you get here? Sure. So um, we'll take it back to college, actually. So originally went to college thinking I was going to be a lawyer. Um, was pretty dead set on that. Thought there's no chance of me ever changing my major. Um, and ever doing anything that would take me outside of the law uh, sphere, uh, following, if you will, in the family footsteps. And uh, I took my first poli-sci class, and I was like, well, this is definitely not for me. Um, and then had a sort of a, a confidence, in, or a crisis in confidence, if you will, because when you have your mind set on doing one thing and one thing only, uh, and you're pretty sure about that, and then you realize that there's no way you could get through another three and a half years of poli-sci or English or anything close to it in order to get to law school, what are you gonna do? So um, sat down with my dad um, and we had a, a frank discussion about the fact that one of the sons would not be going into law, sorry about that. Um, and um, after many tears and weeping and um, uh, consoling, uh, my dad said, well, you're pretty good at writing, might wanna consider either becoming a teacher or look at maybe something in business. So I said, all right, so started taking business classes, accounting, A to D, finance, A to D, and the list went on. And eventually um, I was about to just throw the towel in and go the teacher route. And um, my dad's like, try marketing, see if uh, you like it. I was pretty much like, that's no, going to suck just like everything else. But I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. Found it, uh, had a great professor, uh, Professor Johnson, um, and he made marketing probably the most incredible class that I had ever taken, um, ever. Um, and from that point, moving forward, I remember calling my dad right after that class and said, I have a pretty good understanding now of what I'm going to do. I don't know what career wise that it looks like, but I know I want to be in marketing, uh, moving forward. He was ecstatic. 
Um, and we're going to say the rest is sort of history. Um, from there, the road has been winding and not exactly what I thought. Um, a lot of marketing roles and were, um, <laughs> to say the very least, a lot of uh, grunt work, a lot of database management, a lot of um, spending time doing client interviews uh, with people and uh, a lot of things that you don't really think about are important to marketing, but actually end up being the data points that help deliver proper marketing materials to the end user. So at the time, you don't realize you're getting trained for bigger and better things. You're just like, ah, nobody wants to do this job. So it's falling on the lowest person on the marketing total pole. But I wouldn't change it for anything because I got a chance to see just about every facet of what marketing um really brings to the table and how it interfaces with the other portions of any organization. Because again, started, as Drake said, started from the bottom yeah. um, and, and literally did everything you could possibly imagine on the way up. So um, that's sort of my uh, winding story. I love it. Ended up at Solaris just because, um, I'll be honest, I saw a great opportunity on Indeed. Um, and it was like, oh, this job looks pretty cool. And then uh, Amy, who is uh, their uh, senior vice president of uh, marketing uh, reeled me in with an incredible pitch uh, and you know explained to me what the company is about, the culture, um, and the rest is history. Love it. First of all, I love the windy path story. Uh, I love that there was a Drake reference in there. Uh, that always helps. Uh, but but it's a good point. I mean, you know, I'm I'm with you. I I thought I knew what I wanted to do, uh, and then you just you, you try a bunch of things, and then you you realize you have these skills that you didn't know were really beneficial. Uh, and can steer you into something funner and, and, and something that's got a long career path behind it. So cool. Obviously, uh, glad you're here. Glad you picked Tolaris. Uh, and you're right. It is there. There is such big growth here uh, and it's exciting, uh, you know, and, and to have you as part of that. And so let's 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 jump into that. Um, let's yeah. let's talk about that. So in in some of the other episodes, we're going to talk about, uh, you know, the, the, the from a partner's perspective and supplier's perspective of the tool sets that they have. But maybe for just a second, I kind of want to split this up where mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit about if, if I'm a partner out there and, you know, maybe the, I'm a I'm a current Polaris partner listening to this, a, a potential partner, or just somebody trying to understand our space a little bit that, that maybe is learning more about technology. Talk mm -hmm. first about what what does Tolaris do to help a partner from a marketing perspective, build their brand, everything that goes along with that. Let's start there. Yeah, sure. So um, one of the toughest things uh, that our partners or one of the toughest things our partners are going to face in the marketplace is developing their voice um, and developing how they want to position themselves in the marketplace against you know, potential competitors, current competitors, and even future competitors in the market space. So our role as a marketing team is to help you with that process. Now, again, there's a million ways you can go, you can tackle this problem. Um, you know, it could be something as simple, something as simple as developing like email campaigns and things of that nature, but taking it at its core, it's really about understanding what your specific business does better than everybody else in the marketplace. And then merchandising that as your shield, if you will, so that when you go out to have your initial conversations and they, and they ask the most important question is why should I choose you? over a competitor that you know exactly what your unique value proposition is. And we can help you with that process of developing that. And then from there, then we start developing your voice. It could be you know, conversational, it can be very technical, I mean, whatever you want to be on the spectrum. But our goal is to help you develop that voice so that 
when you're out pitching, you know who you are, you know why you're going to be successful and you're able to convey that directly to uh, your end clients. And again, in the end, win more business than anybody else in the marketplace. Great point. Great stuff. And and are you finding that when you, you've obviously had a lot of conversations with partners up to this point, are you finding that partners have an idea of, of where to start with that, what they want to do, or are you finding that they're just going, Chad, what, what should I do here? It's interesting. That's a great question. It's actually both. Um, there are certain partners who have been in business, we'll say 10 or 15 years. Um, and then you ask them, so what is it that you do really well? And they say, we help people. Okay. So how do you help people versus your competitors who also will say the same thing? And then you start breaking it down to, you know, whatever the specific competencies that they have in the marketplace. Um, there are others who know exactly who they are. You ask them that question and they'll give you three very distinct bullet points as to why you should choose their firm or their company over a competitor in the marketplace. Um, we see the whole gambit. And then from there, we look at the tools that we have. So it could be something as simple as sprucing up their website um, with updated content. It could be video development to help with the proliferation of their brand in the marketplace. Or it could be something as uh, grandiose as helping them develop uh, an event in their particular um, area so that somebody who is like, well, I've heard about this company. I want to learn more about them. We help them with like we'll host a golf tournament um, on your behalf, have it branded perfectly, and then also give you know pertinent suppliers a chance to come in and also speak on your behalf to really show the strength of your specific brand in the marketplace. So we run the gambit of both services um, that we offer, as well as helping people understand that very basic tenet of who they are in the marketplace. Awesome. Really good stuff in there. Uh, let's... Let's shift it now then to talk about, I mean, we, we've talked about what Tolaris does and how, how you're, you know, you and the team can, can help build that up within a partner. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about what's your perspective where, you know, we're in this brokerage space and we're brokering all these different technologies. Today, it may be cloud infrastructure. It may be security. Um, but obviously part of that is the marketing tool sets that our partners have to be able to sell to their end customers. Uh, you know, it's, it's easy for me to put the, the, the nerd hat on and talk about cloud infrastructure. It's very binary in that, in that sense. So, but can yeah. you help us talk about the importance if, if I'm a partner listening to this and maybe I'm, I'm selling one of those technologies, maybe I'm selling contact center, I'm selling, you know, these other things. What is the importance of offering these same set of marketing tools that our providers have to their end customers? Um, I would say it's hugely important because really of two main reasons. One, if you're able to use the, you know, when we'll say the plethora of tools that Solaris has at its disposal, and again, whether it's content development, uh, video, branding, things of that nature, but to be able to offer those items really helps a partner strengthen their proposition in the marketplace. Um, again, it's still a competitive um, space and everybody to some degree who is selling cloud is selling cloud, if that makes sense. So how you're able to differentiate yourself in the marketplace as to why somebody should go to your specific practice to purchase cloud is could be there. It's really the difference between being uh, in business in five years or having to consider you know, different options. And then the second part of that is refining your message. So once you've decided you know, who you are, what you're selling, then it's about what are the smaller nuances of that particular message that allow you to, for lack of a better term, be able to make sure that when somebody has a choice between two very similar products that they're consistently choosing you. Part of that then is the sex is the next step in that, which is 
testimonials, um, doing surveys to talk to your own um, clients to say, how do you think, or what do you think about our services? How do you think we're performing? Taking that information and then re-merchandising as part of your marketing campaigns can really then show people that not just that you're great on the onset, but that you have the full follow through and that you have other people becoming evangelists on your behalf. To me, being able to have that information readily available really can affect how people view your company, really give you the kind of Q scores that you're looking for. And then from a, just from a digital marketing standpoint, it provides you with the content that you would need in order to fill out a website, to have um, different, if you will, landing pages built for specific products that you have and still be able to have those extensions tied directly back to the fact that you provide the service um, better than, if you will, your competitors in the marketplace. So let's take this a step further then. Let's say we're out here, we're, we're let's say our partners are listening to this, right? We're, we're covering a lot of good things that we can help our partners with and building their brand, their their reputation, their statement, their everything that makes them different. Let's look at now the suppliers that we have the opportunity to sell and that our partners have the opportunity to sell. So take this to the actual end customer, right? The person that's buying the services from the suppliers of ours. What do you think in the marketplace for our partners now that are that are have a relationships with their customers that maybe today they sell cloud infrastructure to tomorrow now they can sell cloud infrastructure and marketing tools to those end their end customers so that they can support the customers that they're chasing are do you think that um the end clients out there like that have the marketing components dialed in or, or do you think if our partners start approaching those their clients with hey we can now do these things for you um are are you under the impression that the customers have this dialed in are they going to are they going to know the things that they need from a marketing tool set perspective from our partners or are our partners going to have to do some educating of here's what a marketing tool set contains for you Mr. ABC business but here's what I can do to help you what what's your your perception on that so my perception um and again this is now speaking strictly as a marketer and I'm putting on my cap and also my cape for this Marketing looks easy. It is much more difficult to pull it off well. And I would be, I would have some reticence um, about presenting, if you will, a tool set of marketing assets and say, if you have um, somebody help you with your web content and we can help you with that as a partner and somebody help you with their social media and somebody to help you with email campaign and then trying to, if you will, resell that toolkit that that is necessarily a recipe for success because part of marketing is the follow through and then the consistency. So you, in other words, if somebody hands me and we were talking offline about uh, fixing sprinklers, if you hand me the necessary pipes, um, a wrench, uh, give me the necessary gauges to check water pressure, uh, and then you walk away, I might be able to build what I'm looking for and maybe be able to get it fixed, but eventually it's gonna probably start springing leaks. And if I don't have the expertise either in-house or I can rely directly back on our partners for that follow-up to say, hey, I'm noticing that my email campaigns, the first one went out, went great. The second one, not so much. What do I do? If they don't necessarily have that expertise, um, they might not be able to have that necessary second conversation. Um, and to me, as it pertains to marketing, a lot of times it is a little bit easier for you to say partner with Telers directly for help with marketing than it is necessarily to partner with your partner, if you yeah. will, um, in that capacity. Just because, again, we have a marketing team that specializes in that and we understand the channel and we understand 
some of the, or just really say all of the challenges that people are facing out there as technology continues to change and how to message that to end users. And if you are an end user, how to recognize, um, you know, the property marketing techniques that are necessary to merchandise the fact that you've now offered this and it's now part of your portfolio. So um, I don't want to say that it's impossible, um, but I do understand that a lot of times um, a friend of mine would laugh about this. We always say that everybody can do marketing until it's time to do it. And then um, once that happens, there is a, a fair amount of nuance that goes into that process. So I would never discourage anybody from saying, hey, as a partner, I can help my end clients with their marketing needs. But um, I would always raise my hand and say, if you don't necessarily have a marketing team in-house that's used to working on an agency model, you may want to come to somebody like Tolaris to have, um, you know, at least a consultation with that process. Fair. So what uh, I'm a big I'm a big questions guy. Uh, sure. I, I just like to, you know, sometimes people will come to us and say, I know exactly what this customer needs. They need to buy this one widget. The current widget is broken. And my head just immediately goes into the, well, well, why? Why are they asking you for that? Do you know why they're asking you for that? And so then usually what happens is we expect to get brought into a very technical customer-facing conversation, and we end up starting it off, pausing a little bit, restating what we know, why we know we're there. Hey, or, you know, the partner said that you needed this and this, you have a problem with your Fortinet or this firewall or blah, blah, blah. But but talk to me about why. What What's driving the ask for that? Oh, well, it's actually a, an audit that we're going to have pretty soon. And the board said I needed this and this. And anyway, it opens up a whole reason to help us build a better solution. So with what you're mm -hmm. saying, it, I want to I want to pivot that a little bit from a from a marketing perspective with what our suppliers have the ability to, you know, through our partners, they can sell. What would you encourage our partners to do? Would 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 step one be ask those questions of your customers about, hey, I know you're, you've been satisfied with everything that I've been delivering to you on on cloud and contact center and security, but I also can actually help you with your marketing, your landing and your SEO. What's, what's a question or two that you would encourage a partner to try to ask their end prospects to determine if there is suppliers that we can help them with? Is it, what are you doing for marketing now? What's the plan? How effective is it? Is it questions like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the first question uh, as a marketer, it's actually, it's very similar to what you described is, um, I always ask the question, what is it you're trying to solve for? Um, think of it as an equation. So if your initial thought is we need to get more traffic to your website. So then it opens up, uh, if you will, a can of worms to say, okay, is it that you need more conversions or do you need traffic or do you need people to go to a specific page? Do you need form fills? Like all of those are the secondary follow-up questions. Um, you have to dissect, um, you know, the why into much smaller and more, if you will, digestible parts in order to be able to really put forward a strong marketing uh, solution. So again, marketing encompasses so many different things and it can be something as simple as website traffic or email opens, but it could also be um, brand development. And the question again, is the same question. Why do you feel that your brand isn't performing? And you know, sometimes you just get a feeling, hey, I just don't feel like I'm big enough. I feel like we do great work, but we're not getting the recognition. Why do you feel that way? And then you ask, you know, and that why and why and why. And so you get to the point of, hey, I'm not seeing my name in certain magazines or I'm not seeing anything of that nature. Then you start building out a very coherent campaign to say, okay, if you're looking for mentions, this is the process. If you're looking for traffic, these are the techniques that you can use. If you're looking to change how you're perceived in the marketplace. These are the kind of Q scores that you need to look at and figure out how you can affect those 
Um, and there are a variety of different levers that you can pull in order to ensure that you are getting the kind of bang for your buck with marketing. And again, one of the things I also stress um, with any marketing is that it's really easy to blow money. It, it is unimaginable how quickly you can blow through like a $10,000 budget uh, in a matter of a couple of weeks if you're not paying attention. So to be very intentional about what the answer to your why is, is probably one of the most important things uh, that you can uh, come out of that conversation with um, so that the plan not only fits the budget, but you won't uh, spend money frivolously in areas that aren't going to affect what the end uh, result is that you're looking for. Love it. And I think too, especially when in a world where people are used to salespeople saying, I have all these things, you need to buy them. They're all great. In that moment that we say, well, wait a minute, don't buy that yet or don't spend that money there. I think you instantly yeah. gain credibility where the, the, the customer is, oh, they actually do have my best interest at heart. They're not trying to force this widget, you know, that I need to buy today before the end of the quarter, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so I love it. Great point. So uh, as we wrap this up, I, I mm -hmm. like to look down into the, the, the crystal ball that you've got there and, you know, get a get an understanding of where does this thing go? And, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave it wide open to you, whether you want to talk about additional things that Tolaris is doing, where you just think the marketing industry is going overall compared to where you've seen it come from, uh, anything that you think helps a partner better understand this, better go to market and add value with their customers. Sure. So um, I'll start kind of macro um, and then work, it, work our way back down to the channel and then Solaris. Um, where do I see marketing going? Um, we all laugh at the concept of the metaverse probably four or five years ago, the, the, the ideal of people stuck in a pod with goggles on and exploring a, a 3D virtual world. Um, and it seemed crazy at the time, but we're headed that way, whether we sort of say like it or not, um, that to some degree, that level of integration with our daily lives um, with the metaverse is going to be something that is going to be a really important part of our existence, probably adoption rates will probably start to take off in another three to five years. And then it'll be to the point where there will be a generation that won't know a world that doesn't have that level of integration. Um, and they won't be as, nearly as far up as we expect. So from a marketing standpoint, you have to think about how does my brand perform in that type of environment because it's coming. And that could be something as simple as, you know, if you are simply providing um, a, a singular uh, solution, is that solution going to be viable in that? Is our solution going to be supporting something like the metaverse or something along those lines? Is it going to be something that, um, for lack of a better term, it may be obsolete? Do I need to start thinking about my business plan overall and thinking about how do I pivot to something that may be supporting that level of techn technological integration as we move forward? Um, as a channel, I think you'll start to see a new class of suppliers start to pop up that will be supporting a completely different set of digital realities. Um, if you looked at what our supplier list would have looked like, we'll say 10 or 15 years ago, there's no cloud. There, there's like That's not even something people are thinking about. So to think that uh, the company was, so we'll say the deepest pockets and probably the best hold in regulation being you know, Facebook, um, even if they've rebranded, but it's still Facebook, won't be pushing this level of adoption, I, I think it would be crazy. So I definitely feel like from a marketing standpoint, you have to think about 
how is it that our any brand is going to really relate to that? And then from the channel standpoint, what suppliers are going to be coming to the marketplace to support a brand new platform that, again, will be probably pretty probably moving forward. And then from a Tolera standpoint, it's going to be incumbent upon us to keep ahead of that curve at all times. So if there's new services from a marketing standpoint or even a supplier standpoint that we need to be thinking about, we need to keep that on our radar so that we're already sourcing those particular suppliers. And then from a marketing standpoint, we're already being able to go to market with our partners and saying, hey, um, you know, again, if we're all stuck in pods in eight years, then it's got to be, hey, your brand's still going to look good when somebody puts the goggles on. And you still need to be able to demonstrate that your uh, particular solution is viable in that space. Now, again, that's pretty far out. Um, but again, I, if go back 10 years and iPhone 1 just came out at that point. So just to let you know how quickly things can change and how adoption rates have changed dramatically for the world. Um, I think it's something definitely I, I keep my eye on. Love it. Uh, you get 5,600 kudos points for bringing up the metaverse on this call. Uh, my <laughs> Oculus is charging upstairs and it is ready to go. And I'm not going to let my kids use it today because I'm going to use it today. So I do agree. Uh, I, I, I do agree. Awesome. Awesome. Rap thoughts. Uh, we are definitely there and uh, really important points to, to talk about brand and, and survivability and growth. And because it just seems like the future is coming faster than it ever has. And I, you know, I, I look back on this and I don't know if it's because I just, I didn't pay attention to it 10 years ago, like we pay attention to it now, but I just do think the rate of change, the Moore's law effect, all those things are dramatically different than they used to be. So great, great points. Uh, Chad, I believe that, that wraps us up for today. Chad Dixon, VP of Marketing at Tolaris. Thanks for coming on, my friend. Thank you, Josh. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. That wraps us up for this week. I am your host, Josh Lopresto, SVP of Sales Engineering at Tolaris. Until next time. Thanks, everybody. Next Level BizTech has been a production of Tolaris Studio 19. Please visit Tolaris.com for more information.